Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Every time we have NXT TakeOver, do we have to have the conversation of, well, I didn't think it was as good as the last one, and I didn't think it was as good as the one from 2017. Who the flub cares? At the end of it, did you have a good time, and did it leave a smile on your face? If so, well, who were hey, you're having a great time, and if you thought it sucked, well, that's all right as well. You can just take your foot and kick it in the ass. But there's only one way to officially find out whether it was any good or whether it did absolutely suck balls. I regret saying that, and that's by taking the finger of power this and giving the good bits an up. And the bad bits are down. Thankfully, my name is Simon Millie while watching What Culture Wrestling. And I live to watch wrestling. And I live to give the good bits enough and give the good bits a down. No, the bad. Let's just get on with this. Right, seriously, I love the In Your House brand. I mean, over the opening video, we had that old production music, and seriously, WWE, you gotta bring these tunes back. They are so damn good, even if they are like 25 years old. We also had Todd Pettengill basically hosting the whole thing, and he should be hired back as well. He's got a little soul patch these days. He just makes me feel so nostalgic in my tum-tum. That's what I need for my life, because you know, years go by, you get older and older, oh, death is around the corner. So please just make me feel as much of a child as humanly possible. We also had real fans in the CWC, and we all know that's going to help because it's basically what wrestling is. And our first match was Bronson Reed and MSK defending every single one of those titles against Legado del Fantasma. Now I do have to admit, this stipulation is stupid because if the bad guys had won, they would have also become the United States champion or the North American champion as well as the tag team champions even though we would have only seen one pinfall. You cannot justify that, but thankfully all big six guys are so damn good and so up. Everybody split off into individual pairings, and at first it was basically speed, quickness, swiftness, pace, just go, 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 until it broke down to Bronson Reed versus Mendoza. Because Bronson is so damn big, no matter what Mendoza tried to do, it was not working. I mean, Reed was just wrecking everybody as well. I mean, he sat on a guy at one point, and that's gonna hurt, and even when Escobar blind tagged himself in, he couldn't do anything either. Because again, as I've said about lots of wrestlers, Bronson Reed is essentially a giant wall. This is why it was a little bit weird when Bronson tagged out. Well, I suppose it is a tag team match. You've got to share the love. And to be fair, these three then started doing trio moves, including this crazy senton thing. I think we should use them together more. You kind of watch this going, well, I'm sure the villains are going to cut them off at some point. And they did do that. But just before it happened, Everybody did dives, 
as well as Bronson Reed. And can you imagine being on the outside of the ring and seeing that guy coming towards you? You just crossed your fingers and think, please, 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 don't flag me. Del Fantasma then did come together to pull Carter out the ring so Escobar could unload on Lee. And I tell you this too, Escobar, he a really damn good wrestler. There's just something about him. I think he'll go far. It soon led to a big hot tag, because of course it did, and it went to Bronson Reed. And look, this was like every single opening match on NXT TakeOver you've seen. But it works. And if it does work and it's not broken, don't try and fix it. It was just near full move, near full move, near full move, yeah. Escobar threatened to use the belt, but Bronson Reed absolutely destroyed him. This was essentially the beginning of the end, because then Mendoza got hit with a bunch of super kicks. And then Reed hit him with that crazy dive off the top rope, or the splash, I should say. He got the one, two, three. So thankfully, they are all still their respective champions. This was really fun, though, and I had a rollicking good time. And tying it back into the intro, that's all I ever need is just wrestling. We then started to realize that William Regal is not having a good time in NXT, because we had the first of many brawls on this evening between Johnny Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly. And every time we did cut to old Will, you could just see it in his face. He was getting more sad and more sad and more miserable. Now, we'll talk about this when we get to the ups and downs, but we'll also have a small spoiler there or a potential spoiler. So don't say I didn't warn you. We then had some bizarre bit where Todd Pettengill was trying to show us highlights from Mercedes Martinez versus Xia that happened years ago at the Cruiserweight Classic. But because Todd Pettengill is from the 90s, he was trying to use a VHS player. And I was like, wait a minute. Do we just freeze Mr. Pettengill in some kind of a fridge and then we only roll him out when we have to use him on WWE programming and you have to tell him, look, don't call it WWF, you can't do that anymore. Uh, all these guys aren't around and also we now do things digitally. I'm pretty sure he knew. It still was quite funny. This was, of course, to set up a brand new match between these two wrestlers. And while it was fine, it just didn't really feel like a takeover match. I don't know what I mean by that, but if I had seen it on a Tuesday night, I would have thought, oh yeah, that was okay. But here, it just didn't really fit. Lee went after Martina's shoulder after she had chucked her into the ring post. And then kind of when we did get back in the ring, we had a strike exchange and there was an exploder and there was another suplex. It was like the tennis we've talked about before. You do a move, I'll do a move back. So nobody really feels like they're above the other person. Mercedes certainly started to get the upper hand as the match did go on. But then realizing his friend was in trouble, Boa pulled out Zia Lee. And by the time she got back in the squared circle, she just booted Martinez right in the head. And that was it. The ref went one, two, three. And it actually went, did I miss a bit of this match? That came out of nowhere. So I suppose we're meant to think, oh, if Boa hadn't have done this, it'd gone the other way. But I didn't think that. And then after Boa had given Zealia a chair to say, ha, get her, get her, Mercedes Martinez had the chair and she just whipped everybody's ass. This, of course, was done so that Mercedes Martinez could look like a badass again. But then out came Mei Ying. They had a little bit of a stare off and then May just grabbed her and chucked her off the entranceway. So we're obviously going to build to that contest, but if you wanted Mercedes to come across like a credible threat, why didn't she just win the match? That would be the best way to do it. So again, it went over my bald head and it's getting it down. Jumper and Thatcher promo followed. They were so mad here, just yelling and screaming and they do want to become the NXT Tag Team Champions. And then we had a recap of everything historical with the million dollar belt. I flipping love that thing. It was also the segue for Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight to see who was going to become the brand new million dollar champion. And yes, was this the best ladder match we've ever seen? No, it wasn't. But did they fight very smartly? And was it damn entertaining? Yes, 
car. NXT has also done a great job in making you think the million dollar title is actually worth something, not just monetarily, but in terms of, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've done it. And I really didn't know who was going to win here, because of course I love Cameron Grimes. There was just something about giving it to LA Knight which made sense, he's the bad guy, Ted Rossi, blah blah blah. It ticked all the boxes as well in the sense that they started without ladders, and then soon they had ladders, and they were essentially using them like lightsabers. And then we'd throw LA Knight into a ladder, and then we'd throw Cameron Grimes into a ladder. But what I appreciated about this is that there was nothing that was too like, oh my gosh, I think he killed him. And while I get it, some fans want that, I would always rather two dudes tried something different. And I thought they pulled it off very well. And it's not like they didn't try to hurt each other. I mean, at one point they were on the outside. And I think LA Knight threw Grimes into every single piece of furniture that he could possibly find. People were also being whipped into the damn thing and back body dropped on it. And do not forget, you can't fake that. It's just somebody's skin going into some steel. And eventually, even though Cameron Grimes clearly probably won the thing, he looked at the entrance and went, oh my gosh, there's a gold ladder there. If I'm going to be victorious, I'd rather climb that one. So I suppose that was like a wink and a nod to the million dollar man who was at ringside to say, I get it, gold, money. But this did not work out. It also led to a cool bit where everybody came crashing down because Grimes had pushed LA Knight off the top, but somehow he had caused the ladder to fall as well. So there was a big explosion at the bottom. And just as it seemed that Cameron was going to win the thing after he had turned a powerbomb into a hurricane runner and gone to the moon, he went to get this damn belt. But you know how these ladder matches end is. LA Knight stopped him. He pushed him off the top. Cameron Grimes took a horrible fall, and your brand new million dollar champion is that damn LA Knight, or La Knight. Ted DiBiossi celebrated with him afterwards while going, because <laughs> that's just what he does. So I think he was kind of happy with this. And look, let's keep it nice and simple. That pairing, I think it's going to work out quite well. And sure, at this stage, you kind of realize that no, it wasn't going to be one of the best takeovers ever. I will hold my hands up and admit that is true. I'll still have a good Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship followed, and this was always going to struggle a little bit, because put your hands up if you actually thought Ember Moon was going to win. Your hand goes down. But this means both of them had to go out of their way to at least plant a little seed of doubt, and while they maybe did it once, well, they didn't really do it. And also, NXT should not have done that, because it would have been nuts, but they did have a good match, so up. These two were just reversing everything as well, which was the theme of the evening. And Raquel Gonzalez went for her one-arm powerbomb very early on, but Ember Moon was able to transition out of that and hit a Hurricane Rana. It wasn't a very good plan at all, because Ember Moon then tried to fight Raquel on the outside, so Gonzalez grabbed her and chucked her into the barricade. And what is it about pay-per-views and these poor inanimate objects they get destroyed every single time. There was a really cool bit where Raquel stopped a diving code breaker and turned that into a sidewalk slam instead. But then Ember Moon was back at her feet. She hit a code red for a near two. And at that point, maybe I thought, oh, I suppose we could change the title. But I feel like I was trying to convince myself. I didn't really believe it. It was then that Dakota Kai just started to get involved. And my word, why didn't the referee do anything about this because she was causing the distraction at one point to just grab Raquel's foot and put it on the bottom rope and the official was just like oh man I'm having such a good time I don't care and if it wasn't for Shotzi Blackheart coming out and you know chasing Dakota Kai away well she probably could have kept doing this and nobody would have given it a flub. This was still really strange though because even though we had got rid of Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez was like well I don't care I don't need her at all so she just hit the one arm powerbomb and she pinned Ember Moon anyway. Now look, I really do like Ember Moon, but this did feel like a segue to whatever the next feud we're going to do is. We don't necessarily always do that on TakeOvers, but they are both two very, very good wrestlers. 
What else do you want? Todd Pangirl then ran afoul of Dexter Loomis. Like he beat him in some kind of a game, and then he accidentally talked about his love life. And I'm pretty sure if Dexter Loomis could have killed him, he would have done. Dexter Loomis is weird. There were some other skits like this too, as well as one with Hit Row. But amazingly, we then just segued into our main event. And man, do I really enjoy these short shows. It also meant we were putting all our top guys in the ring because we had Karrion Cross, we had Pete Dunne, we had Adam Cole, we had Carl O'Reilly, we had Johnny Gargano, who were all fighting for that big championship. And I tell you, while this was a little bit chaotic and while this was a little bit nuts, this was also so good. It was so tremendous. I just want people to hook out to my veins and give it to me all the time. I mean, it almost went 30 minutes and I don't think any of them even took a break. It is an easy up. And it's one of these matches that I don't know how to recount to you because if we went through everything, we would be here for around about 72 years. And the fans were actually quite quiet for this in the beginning, but it was so insane towards the end, they couldn't help themselves. They were cheering to the rafters. The absolute idea here, though, was to try and get across that Karrion Cross is the man and he can beat anybody he wants. Because one by damn one, every single other wrestler got in the ring and Karrion Cross beat them up and Karrion Cross threw them out of the ring and Karrion Cross put them in a submission. If you had never watched wrestling before and you sat down to watch this, you'd be like, oh man, that Karrion Cross, he won hot Mother Hubbard. I mean, even Adam Cole, who was the last guy to take his turn, was struggling to even get him off his feet. And it kind of felt like Karrion is from hell, which I think is his gimmick. I don't really know. I do know that he likes to sing his entrance. The bit that I really enjoyed, though, is that even though everybody was focusing on the world champion, you still had these other subplots here, for example, Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. So whenever they had the opportunity to punch each other in the face, well, they punch each other in the face. We also had people being thrown through the In Your House set, and Karrion Cross went through the announce table at one point, which was done by Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, so it was the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Very sadly, that announce table didn't break, and it always makes me go, oh, you're in your because that cannot be good for the human body. Somehow it ended up with Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano in the ring, and Gargano got out of the way of the Panama Sunrise, and he locked on the Gargano escape, and nobody in a thousand years thought that was going to be the finish, and of course it got broken up. Cole eventually did hit that move, but then Pete Dunne pulled him out of the ring and absolutely killed him with a brain buster on the floor. And then Cross was back, and once again Cross was just murdering fools all over the place. I knew at this juncture... We ain't changing nothing. I will say that there was this one awesome near fall after Pete Dunne hit the bitter end that did make me think, probably because I'm British, oh my gosh, he's going to do it. But I was wrong. And at this stage, I looked at my notes and I was like, flub me. This is longer than my entire dissertation and my dissertation was not short. What really sold this whole thing, though, was the finish. Because Kyle O'Reilly actually was able to get the hill hook onto Adam Cole. And just as it looked like Adam Cole was about to tap out, Karrion was back for the umpteenth time. He put the choke onto Kyle O'Reilly and he sold it so well with his face, I genuinely thought he was passing out. It meant that Cole was able to get out of this because Cole was like, oh my gosh, I can't feel my bones anymore. But what he was not able to do was to stop the ref looking at this poor man and say, well, he's about to die. I've got to call the ending, which he did. And it meant Karen Cross is still your champion. And man, NXT really likes this finish. So you're already exhausted from that, but we still weren't done because then we cut to William Regal who said, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's been seven years. I've died. I've worn out. And I tell you, it was a terrific performance. And while a big chunk of me is like, you can't get rid of William Regal as the NXT GM. He has been fantastic and still is. It has been a long time. And again, spoiler, oh my gosh, here it comes. The rumor is that Samoa Joe has re-inside with NXT and he's going to take on this role. And honestly, if that is going to be the replacement, 
you ain't going to get a moan out of me. That's how the show went off air too, so you're going to have to tune in on Tuesday and figure out what the hell is going on. And look, I thought it was a really, really good pay-per-view. Maybe one that we can kind of forget about almost instantly as we do move on to other things. But it was nice to wake up on a Monday and be sports entertained. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.